0: It's time to preview the second half of the season for the San Francisco 49ers. we got a little round table together today to look back. Who was the first half MVP? What surprised us about the first eight games of the season as we sit at the week nine bye? and then look ahead, project out the rest of the year for those San Francisco 49ers. Is this a team that is now ready to make that run towards Super Bowl 57? What Super Bowl number are we on? 57, I think. Uh, all that and more coming up on today's Locked On 49ers. You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team
1: every day.
0: Welcome to Locked On 49ers, Brian Peacock and Eric Crocker with you here, as always, at BD Peacock, at Eric underscore Crocker. Thanks for making us your first listen on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. We brought some heavy hitters today, Croc, to uh, help us break down what happened with the first half of the season and uh, get some new opinions some fresh opinions about uh, what's going on with this football team at the bye week and look ahead to the rest of the year a couple of fellas that uh, I haven't talked to since we were at training camp so I wanted to bring this group on because these are the dudes we were hanging with at training camp watching practices and maybe some of the things that we saw in camp that haven't matched up with what we've seen this year we've got Jordan Elliott at Splash Cousin on Twitter and Brad Graham doing the SF. Niners and uh fantastic for you guys to jump on with us and uh appreciate you giving us your time and i can't wait to break some of this down and haven't seen you guys in a while so uh, good on you i have seen the content and stuff you guys have been putting out which is fantastic
2: hey real quick and i want to give uh brad his flowers man because the the instagram account that he runs and he's he's blown up on twitter as well but that's gotta be a lot of work and he's crushing it i mean every day there's content and i'm just not that creative so I I love to see guys that do have that creative mind to figure out different ways to post different type of contents, but but keep everybody engaged. The engagement he gets, the athletes he gets, I mean, he's doing an amazing job. So shout out
0: to you, Brad,
1: With a new well, baby
0: too, which is like unbelievable.
1: Uh, we're juggling a lot over here, but I got to shout out both you Croc and Brian for for bringing me on. I really appreciate that. That means a lot. You guys, we've been uh, looking up to you guys for a while uh, when it comes to 49ers content. So I really do appreciate that.
0: And I see Jordan hustling all the time, dude, doing the Niners Nation thing and and trying to find new angles. And it, that, that's what I love about, like, first of all, I think the 49ers are the most well-covered team in the NFL. Tons of great beat writers, tons of other people doing, I mean, there's a ton of YouTube channels, a ton of podcasts. So to be able to get a, a, a corner of the market, especially with 49ers podcasts and, and doing all the, with how many creators there are and, and you guys are some of them, it's just, uh, it's pretty amazing. So yeah, uh, shout out to everybody out there that's putting out, fantastic content including you guys i think the biggest surprise from the first half of the season and you guys were at camp more than Croc and i were and brad i know you're kind of an offensive line uh, special specialist that, that's your specialty uh, just like we always go to Croc for db stuff um and the guys that can't catch very good we go, we go to Croc for that for the guys uh that are sexy big sexy and and or blocking up front. Uh Brad, offensive line, we'll go to you first. I think the biggest surprise for me in the first half of the season has got to be the play of Aaron Banks. Did you see this coming? Did you see it in camp? Did you see it on the college tape? We didn't see any rookie tape to even go off of. So uh, I'm kind of surprised how he's maybe been the best offensive lineman for the 49ers this year, most consistent.
1: I mean, we can go back to the draft when Jordan and I were doing a live show kind of recapping and being in the moment when the pick was made. Both of us were absolutely shocked because you look at his build, 6'6", 330 pounds. You typically look at the outside zone scheme that they run and you want more quick-footed, uh, agile type of offensive linemen. And at at first glance, it didn't really feel like Aaron Banks fit that mold. And when you got into his rookie camp and even into this last camp that we were all at, we were still trying to figure out if he really was that fit for the 49ers. You even had John Lynch go on the Tim Kawakami podcast and say, Aaron Banks, frankly did not have a good camp this season, but he's a gamer and he really has been a huge surprise. You can make the argument that he is the best performing offensive lineman on the 49ers right now. And that the guy who plays next to him is Trent Williams, who is the best offensive lineman in the entire universe. So that that's pretty high praise for uh, a guy getting his first real start uh, in the NFL. It's pretty amazing. Uh, Jordan, is there anything that stood
0: out to you in the first eight games of the season that was the, the biggest surprise for you in the first half?
3: Um, Yeah, you know, the way Jimmy Garoppolo has been playing has really stood out to me because while a lot of the same – Uh, frustrations are there a lot of the same you know balls that he's throwing where you're like dude what are you seeing that's you know making you pull the trigger there that's still there but the big time throws are there in a way that we haven't seen before and right now you know his uh, PFF tracks this stuff and I know some people have different feelings on it I actually really like the way that they track their data um, especially when it aligns with what we can see on film and so this season Jimmy Garoppolo's turnover-worthy uh, play rate is at 3.3%, which is kind of in line with where he was at in 2019 when he had that, you know, the team went to the Super Bowl and people typically fall back on that as being his best season. He was at 3.5% then. But in 2019, his big-time throw rate was only 2.6%. It's almost double that at 5% this year. And I think you're just seeing a guy that's a lot more confident throwing in that deep to intermediate area of the field who's doing a little bit better of job consistently knowing where to go when under pressure. Again, that doesn't mean he's perfect. There's been a couple of plays like that one in Kansas city near the goal line comes to mind where that hasn't been on display, but I just, to me, he looks as good as I can recall ever seeing him in the, what is this now? Year six in San Francisco. So um, I've been very pleasantly surprised with the way that he's been able to play.
0: I'm glad you said that because I, we get a lot of pushback and Croc talks about it. And when sometimes we go live post game, a couple weeks ago against Atlanta it didn't work out. There were some drops but I was like, I thought Jimmy played awesome, but people freaked out at me. They're like, Oh my god, Jimmy is trash. And and what's funny, what happens a lot of times you say Jimmy's played good this week, and people go, Here's his numbers from XXX games in the past. I like, am not even talking about. I'm he played good this today. And I think he played good again last week. And he's gonna throw one pass to the other team. Do they catch it? Do they not? Um that he's been making big one or th- two. Right. right. And, and and I think maybe the best thing about the Christian McCaffrey addition is that it's going to force Kyle both and Jimmy to throw the ball to the running back more, which I think has been way too absent from the 49ers offense. So now you get some big time, some bigger time throws, even if he does throw one to the other team. Now you get that you get some more check downs, some shorter stuff, some easier stuff. You keep the chains moving. And now there's more space. And I think, to be honest, it just makes the entire offense better, right? More blades of grass, you have to defend. That was the whole thing with Trey Lance.
2: I think that was our big question too, right, Brian, where we were thinking about uh, how are they going to change the offense? Are they going to do something different than we've seen Kyle do in his entire time with the 49ers? And you would think, obviously – With Christian McCaffrey, that's a different dimension that they would add to their offense. The interesting thing for me against the Rams was when I went back and rewatched it to see on the first snap of the game, Christian McCaffrey actually in the slot and they threw the ball to Jeff Wilson. So it's like, could you have been using the running backs more often? Or did Christian McCaffrey just spark this thought of, hey, if he's on the field, they might think we're throwing to him. So we're going to just throw to another running back. But it was interesting to see uh, right away, Jeff Wilson in very limited snaps get multiple catches.
1: Well, I also thought it was really cool to see him kind of hang in the pocket to a little bit. When you look at that touchdown to Christian McCaffrey, which was what what, his fifth read in the progression, Uh, he really hung up there in the pocket. You could see, uh, if you go back into the past with Jimmy Garoppolo, he can get a little skittish inside that pocket, but he did a really good job stepping up, resetting, looking for his read. Kind of almost bailed again, but then set his feet again and let it rip to Christian McCaffrey. To like Jordan's point, like we haven't really seen that too often from Jimmy Garoppolo, at least in the past. And it feels a little bit refreshing to see because if you get that version of Jimmy Garoppolo, it feels like the San Francisco 49ers could go pretty far.
0: Absolutely, yeah. And I love, that was my favorite play by far so from uh, Christian McCaffrey so far because the just that you know unspoken uh, football IQ, whatever it is, to feel that, feel Jimmy wanting to leave the pocket knowing where to go going Jimmy reading it. And it really reminded me a lot of when uh, Emmanuel Sanders showed up in 2019. And remember Jimmy's like, throwing the ball two steps before Emmanuel Sanders breaks on an out route. And he turns around the ball's right there. It was like, we haven't seen that kind of anticipation. And so uh, that's happening very quickly for Christian McCaffrey in this offense, which is pretty phenomenal. Uh, Next, some more things that maybe shocked us from the first half of the season. We're going to project things that will happen in the second half of the season for those San Francisco 49ers, who will be the second half MVP for this team. And could the 49ers still make another addition to the roster next? But uh, first, I wanted to let the folks out there know about Prediction Strike. This episode brought to you by Prediction Strike, which is the world's first sports stock market. You can now invest in professional athletes just like stocks. It's a lower risk alternative to sports betting and athletes prices move based on performance and supply and demand. And the athletes also get a piece of this, unlike some other um, fantasy sports and gambling out there where the athletes don't see any of that revenue. Let's say you invested in uh, Jalen Hurts one year ago. You'd be up 48.2%. Someone like Kenny Walker would be up quite a bit, seeing what he's done uh, once he took over the starting role at running back for Rashad Penny from earlier on in the season. He's been pretty phenomenal. And someone like Geno Smith, where did he come from? Jimmy G's stock up. Christian McCaffrey's even stock up, even though his stock was already very high. All athletes benefit and are entitled to a percentage of their market cap, unlike sports betting companies. 2.5% trade fees, lowest in real money sports. You can invest in four sports now, not just the NFL. They also have UFC, NBA, and MLB at Prediction Strike. Download the Prediction Strike app and use code LOCKED for a free share when you sign up and make a first deposit of $20 or more. That's promo code LOCKED for a special one-time giveaway. Prediction Strike will choose one person who signs up with code LOCKED and makes a deposit to win 100 free random shares. That could be worth up to $3,000 if you get lucky and get one of those tasty Josh Allen shares. So invest in what you know on Prediction Strike, the stock market for sports. Oh, Built Bar. Built Bar is back. Can we just pause for a second here? Ready for this one? Because you got to try this. I'm talking about Built Bar's newest reimagined flavors, Cookie Dough Topper coconut brownie bar and coconut brownie topper white chocolate peppermint granola. It's Built's take on a granola bar. So it's more filling and still insanely tasty and candy cane, brownie puff built, uh, built bars. Puffs are like biting into the universe's most delicious cloud, a marshmallowy goodness. First off for anyone who hasn't had built bars before, they're literally the best tasting protein bars ever built. I don't know how they do it, but 130 calories in most built bars yet they're wrapped in 100% real delicious chocolate and are packed with 17 grams of protein, shockingly low in sugar and low in calorie. I don't understand how they do it, but they do it and you've got to sink your teeth into a built bar. It will change your life forever as it has for all of us here in the locked on podcast network who get those little deliveries every now and again and get really excited about them. So, You got to go try Built Bars right now, and you can get 15% off your order right now by using our promo code LockedOn15 at Built.com. That's a new promo code, so get it right. 15% off your order right now. Promo code Locked15 at Built.com. Thanks again, everybody, for making Locked On 49 as your first listen today. For your second listen today, check out Locked On Sports today from the games that matter the most. The biggest stories in sports go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts like Croc and I and insights only locked on can provide locked on sports today available on this app, YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, Croc, Brad, any other developments this year that surprised you guys? Is there a first half MVP? I was thinking about who would be the first half MVP before we project who the second half MVP will be. And there hasn't really been one guy to carry the team through the first half. I have one guy. Oh, Crocs got one. Is Talanoa. he Is he also someone who might be your biggest uh, surprise from the first half, too?
2: Well, yeah, I was going to say Tylenol Hufunga. Okay. right. I mean, he's a guy who was – we knew that he would possibly start, but it was like, oh, uh, like, let's see, because you didn't know quite what you were getting – And not only has he been lights out defensively, he's done a lot of things that a lot of people thought he could not do, which is cover in space. Uh, They put a lot of responsibility on him. I think he's been terrific around the line of scrimmage. He has been a playmaker, and it sucks that he had another interception wiped out against the Rams in the end zone. He's always around the ball. I I, I hear the, you know, missed tackle here and there. I'm not going to make too big of a deal of that because he's just such a playmaker, and I want him to continue to play at that high speed, reckless abandonment. I think that's a guy that's really kind of been – kind of carrying the torch in in the mindset of the defense between him and Fred Warner. Fred Warner is always on 1,000 as well. I think both of those guys have been terrific, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I would have have to agree with Croc though, because I do think that Talanoa Hufanga is someone that is surprising a lot of people. And I was even someone that had high hopes for Talanoa, but the way he's come on has been phenomenal and the way he's held it down without Jimmy Ward as well. uh, it's, It's been fantastic, and I really do think he's been playing at a high level. Jordan, do you think that the 49ers have some special sauce that
0: they can plug into anybody at safety? Why does everybody play so well at safety for the 49ers? Because you think, oh, man, if they miss Jimmy Ward, they're going to be screwed back there. And Tashawn Gibson comes off the street, and he's playing awesome. Talano Hufango's taking it to the next level. Tart, who looked great as a starter for the 49ers for so long, is sitting in pajamas somewhere right now. Like, uh, uh, What's going on with the safety position with the 49ers?
3: I think it definitely doesn't hurt that the defensive line is as good as it is. And especially since D'Amico's taken over, they've gotten really creative with the pressure packages that they're um, using. Uh, they're really doing a great job of getting guys like Fred Warner and Dre Greenlaw involved in those pressures as well. So I think quarterbacks having less time to kind of pick apart the secondary has benefited everybody. But I also think they, they've just done a good job of getting guys who are good football players too. Like I don't want to diminish their impact on this as well. Uh, I I was shocked that Gibson was available to be honest. He's somebody who's been a consummate pro as a, as a veteran who has experience. And frankly, there's teams around the league that could have used a player like him. So it was kind of shocking to me that he kind of comes in, um, in that role where had Jimmy Ward not gotten hurt, he's likely not starting for the 49ers from day one. Uh, and then with Hufanga, I just think that to me, the thing that stood out the most, and I know we talked about it a little bit at camp, uh, especially the first year. So back in 2021 at his camp, Brad and I talked a bunch about was he's a very instinctual football player. I think while there's a learning curve for anybody coming to the NFL and adjusting to a new scheme and adjusting to the speed of the game, some guys just have it and just have a feel for the game that others don't. And Hufanga is one of those guys where even if his athleticism doesn't jump off the page at you or his testing numbers, all that stuff aren't you know eye-popping, his IQ and his ability to react, especially um, in the middle of a play and his ability to adjust is something that I think is really special. So I think when you factor all those things in, it's a recipe for success where... Um, they're doing a really good job of picking one another up. And I think we've seen, you know, the D line has been banged up a couple weeks. The secondary has been banged up a couple weeks, but they haven't really been broken yet. I know there's the chiefs game where that, you know, that to me didn't really feel like that because I felt like the floodgates didn't open until the second half. Like I thought they actually did a pretty good job considering the circumstances. So I just think they've done a really good job collectively being able to pick one another up in the secondary and the defensive line working in cohesion is why they're still the number one ranked defense through, uh, you know, halfway point in the
1: season.
0: Brad, do you have anybody you're looking at to be the second half MVP for the 49ers?
1: Well, with how Christian McCaffrey just played against the Rams, it kind of feels like he might be the the clubhouse leader. But if, if I had to go away from Christian McCaffrey, I do think there's an opportunity for Brandon Ayuk to continue to make those steps forward. And with Christian, you know, and his influence into the offense and bringing Debo Samuel back, of course, they just have, an embarrassment of riches out there. And I think Brandon Ayuk might be the guy that could benefit that, especially when you have George Kittle working over the middle where wherever they're placing Christian McCaffrey and where he's working, whether it's out of the backfield, out of the slot, using him in motions, whatever it is, I feel like Brandon Ayuk could be that guy that could definitely break out on the second half. I know he's the leading receiver right now and he's kind of on pace to break a thousand yards receiving. Um but I think he could even have a better year. But it is all based on usage and target shares and things like that.
0: Jordan, do you like anybody in the second half to to really blow up and, and lead this team into the playoffs?
3: The obvious answer to me would be Nick Bosa based on the way he's playing. But I wanted to give a little bit of a shout-out to a player who I think has really unlocked the defensive line this year, and that's Charles Amenahue. I think that Charles Amenahue – And his ability to slide inside has really allowed the 49ers to get very expansive with some of the looks they've shown. I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that they've been without Javon Kinlaw and Eric Armstead. But they've been rolling out their own version of that NASCAR package that Perry Fuel and the Giants made so popular about a decade ago, where they replaced the traditional two defensive tackle, two end look with having four defensive ends. You get a lot more speed. You're able to get after the quarterback. Charles Amenehu has been just wrecking guards and centers on the interior, and he's done so in a way that's really allowed the 49ers to get creative and put Drake Jackson out on the field with them and have Samson Ebicom standing up over guards, running stunts. So he's at a 12.5% pressure rate so far this season, which when you consider the amount of money he's being paid um, and the production they're getting, to me, he's one of the better values in football. And I think somebody like him in the way he's been playing can really get the best out of a Nick Bosa. And then when you bring a healthy Eric Armstead back into the fold, it's really allowing D'Amico Ryans to um, have the full, you know, slate at his disposal of how he can really throw these different fronts at opposing offenses. So, I think Nick Bosa is going to have the statistics. I think Nick Bosa is going to be a Defensive Player of the Year candidate, and he might win the award with the way he's been playing. But I think Charles Ameni, is somebody who's been flying under the radar, who is doing a lot of things that maybe won't show up on a stat sheet, but are really allowing guys like Bosa and Fred Warner to be playing at the All-Pro level we're seeing.
2: I, I think my guy is a guy everybody kind of expects to play at an extremely high level, but so so far has kind of gotten off to somewhat of a slow start to the season. That's Debo Samuel uh by this point last season in 2021 Debo had you know roughly 1000 yards receiving and that's not even including what he started to do on the ground and right now we haven't seen that type of production you know he's like still around what 350 yards receiving has some uh touches on the ground but nothing as impactful as what he got last year i'm expecting him to really turn it up them figure out different ways to continue to get the ball in his hands i mean one game against Carolina Panthers he had nine targets but only two catches for 20 yards That is not ideal when it comes to Debo Samuel and what we're used to seeing from his production. So um, I'd expect him to really turn it up. (laughs) I'd expect him to really turn it up, really get going. And I think just like last year, how you kind of needed Debo Samuel to carry you down the stretch. I think you're going to need him to have a big time performance like that down the stretch this season too and kind of carry the 49ers into the postseason.
0: Yeah, Debo was going to be my guy, too, because uh, people are kind of forgetting about Debo right now, especially with the game that Christian McCaffrey had. And and teams have been keying on Debo Samuel in the first half of the year, and, and they're not going to be able to do that with Christian McCaffrey out there. Uh, so uh, I, I can't wait to see. You know, and this, is, this is right about the time when the wideback season started last year for the 49ers. So we'll see what wrinkles the 49ers have in the second half, what Kyle Shanahan's drawing up now for uh, all of his new weapons here in the second half of the season during this bye week. I can't wait for it. It's gonna be a whole lot of fun. And, and Jordan, I think you nailed something too with the, what was the biggest challenge so far for the 49ers and Damico Ryans was that lack of Kinlaw and Eric Armstead inside. And early on a man who had some some rough snaps at tackle where he got walked back five yards. But I like the look where they have the 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 ends that are standing up over uh, the offensive, the interior offensive lineman, maybe getting a running start, and I, I think that's helped them against the run and the pass too. So uh, I loved how they've been able to to create the matchups that they want on the defensive side of the ball, even though they're not at full strength, especially with that defensive interior. But man, it would be real nice to get Kinlaw and Eric Eric Armstead back. And to be honest with you, a good MVP candidate would be Eric Armstead if he is able to come back and play at that level, because it, it's a bit of a missing piece right now on defense for the 49ers Um, next Odell Beckham. Where are these Odell Beckham rumors coming from? Could it really be the 49ers at another piece on offense? Um, He doesn't play tackle, so I'm not so sure. And then some predictions for the final record for the 49ers. Are they going to make the playoffs? Are they going to win the West? Will they make it to super bowl 57 LV deuce, right? Yeah. In, uh, in February of 2023 next These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. All you do is you add your job to the purple hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. And who are you spreading the word to? Only about 800 million people that are on LinkedIn. Uh, If you need to reach that many people, you probably won't need to reach all 800 million of them, but you can use simple tools like screening questions to make it easy to focus on the candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and eventually hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL. That's LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Odell Beckham. What do you think? Odell Anybody got a a, a a strong opinion one way or the other on OBJ and the 49ers? Because, I, to be honest with you, I don't see it.
2: Well, if the 49ers continue to suffer injuries to the receiver position, then I could see maybe a scenario. Now, you don't want to take away opportunities from guys like Brandon Ayuk. Brandon Ayuk is coming on strong right now. Three straight games, over 80 yards. And I say coming on strong, but for him and the expectations – of where he's at right now, you know, more of your wide receiver too. I think he's doing a terrific job in that role. Do you want to throw things off potentially by adding uh, uh, Odell Beckham middle of the season? I don't foresee that happening, but, again, Ray-Ray McLeod has yet to really make that impactful, those impactful plays down the field. Maybe Odell would. I mean, I know he's coming off an ACL. Uh, Juwan Jennings, I think he's somebody who could potentially take a backseat to uh, Odell Beckham and also Juwan Jennings didn't even play in the last game as well as, you know, didn't, uh, Debo Samuel. So uh, I see a scenario where you're like, man, if we have to keep putting on the field Snead and some of these other guys, maybe you can throw Odell Beckham on this team. And I don't think he costs a ton of money, maybe a little bit more than what people would like to spend on him. But overall, I mean, if you work him out, I think at the very least you bring him in for a workout. And if it looks like Odell, now I think there is something to talk about there
0: uh anybody anybody really like it for the 49ers
3: yeah i do i it's so hard because i think crock nailed it at the end because he's coming off his second torn acl and while there's been huge strides made with you know the recovery from that injury and players have looked as good if not better in certain instances coming off that to me like when the the rumors first were flow was it 2019 that, that off season when there was some rumors about him coming from the giants I thought it was perfect because so much of what makes odell special is his ability to operate between the hashes get the ball and create after the catch and i think people forever have that catch he made down that sideline against the cowboys in new york the one-handed behind his head where they overlook how good he is after the catch and it's you know they have it in his mind that he's just this contested catch guy who's going to make these big splashy plays but i think he's somebody who really is uh, a great fit for what the 49ers do on offense but How is he going to look coming off that injury? It was only in February, so, you know, it's been – he hasn't had the full year of recovery. Nobody really knows what it's like. But, you know, if it's just a matter of, like, money, I'll be honest. Like, I always laugh when I see 49ers fans get worked up over spending money. Like, you're not the one cutting those checks. Like, (laughs) help the 49ers win a Super Bowl, I'm all for it. If Jed York wants to cut those checks, we should all be encouraging it and cheering it on, you know. So, um, I'm with Croc 100%. If they bring him in and he looks like 80% of the player he was for the Rams last season – it couldn't hurt because at the end of the day, the 49ers look like they're in great shape. If Debo comes back and he's healthy and you get Jennings back, but an injury to any one of those guys and you start getting stretched really thin. And then if teams start keying in on what they're doing with uh, McCaffrey and they start keying in on Kittle and some of the stuff they've been doing in the short area of the field, you'd hate to get to a point where you look back and you're like, man, maybe we should have made a run at Odell. And you know, I am a big fan of Odell Beckham's game. I think that he would be fantastic in San Francisco, and I'm completely shocked at how many 49ers fans won't even entertain the idea of it happening because, like Croc said, they had Willie Snead out there who's been on the practice squad for most of the season playing meaningful snaps in a division game. Like I'm just shocked at how people think that there's not the need there when it appears there really is one.
2: And and Snead was actually out there like running routes. I know he didn't get the targets, but if you look, more times than not, he was on the field. So uh, would you rather... Uh, Odell Beckham have some type of role in his offense or will he Snead?
1: I don't personally have a strong opinion on it one way or the other, but I do think Croc and Jordan make a lot of really good points in regards to um, another able body like Odell Beckham Jr. With the body of work that he's been able to produce in the NFL, it would not hurt. And again, Juwan Jennings, he's dealing with a little bit of an injury right now. So uh, once those injuries start to occur and Danny Gray hasn't really acclimated to the offense like we maybe would have hoped. Um, so we'll we'll see how it goes. But uh, I would not be opposed to adding OBJ either. Yeah,
0: I, I think about I think it would have to take a, a, a pretty serious injury to either Debo or Ayuk because I think about the targets and the way they're spread. Like how many games of Odell getting two targets is he going to stand for? You know, so uh, that's why I think in the end, he would probably choose a team like the Rams over the 49ers because maybe the targets would be there for him when they might not be there for the Niners. And, uh, you know, people are talking about how Ayuk needs more targets as it is. Although I think the 49ers and Jimmy G, I think one of the reasons why Jimmy G has been such a bad downfield thrower throughout his career with the 49ers, the 49ers haven't had good downfield receivers. Someone who's got really legit ball skills that can go up and get some of those balls like the the deep ball both of the deep balls the last couple of weeks to um to McLeod that were incomplete does Odell come down he probably comes down with one of them but does it come down with the other one where uh you need a receiver that's going to stop come back for the ball and and go up and high point it you know so um I think the 49ers could absolutely benefit from someone like Odell would he be cool being the fourth fifth option in an offense if everyone's healthy I I have um, my doubts about that one All right, guys, uh, looking at looking ahead at the rest of the season, I I think 10 wins is a is a really important mark for the 49ers for a few reasons. I think, one, with the way the NFC is going, with the way the NFC West is going, I think 10 wins locks you into the playoffs for sure and probably locks you into uh, being the NFC West champion. So 10 wins is important there. And 10 wins this year, a 10 and 7 record for the 49ers would mean that Kyle Shanahan gets back to 500 as his career record as head coach of the San Francisco 49ers. So for that reason, 10 wins is pretty darn important. Um, Let's go around here. Brad, we'll start with you. 10 wins for the 49ers. You go over under that. And how far do you think this team can go this year?
1: I'm going to take the over on that. I think when you look at the remaining schedule, you've got two games against the Cardinals that you've got to win in division. And they've already got one leg up on the Seattle Seahawks. It's going to be a really tough game on Thursday night football when they travel up to century link or, I think it's called something else now, but uh, um, I think if they take care of their division, first of all, that's obviously going to be the easiest path towards the playoffs. But in regards to the total number of wins, again, you look at the remaining schedule, Miami Dolphins feel like the most formidable opponent as we see it right now. The Saints, the Bucks, Washington Chargers, they all have – spots where you can take advantage of them whether they're dealing with injuries or uh, just not executing as a whole so if the 49ers come out of this by one healthy and two executing at a high level I don't see why they can't reach above 10 wins and also win the division
0: Jordan what do you think 49ers playing in February how many wins
3: so I had them at 11-6 and six before the season. Uh, I think 10 is a very attainable goal, but I'm going to go over just for the sake of not uh, running from my prediction because I still think that's attainable as well. So I'm going to say over, barely. I think they get to 11-6. and six. And I think they can make a run in the playoffs. I think this team's built to play in the playoffs. They're the number one rushing defense in the NFL right now. Teams have a really hard time running against them. We obviously know the damage they can do when teams have to drop back and get into a spot where it's, it's very clear they're going to be throwing the football. Um, And as long as you avoid, you know, Jimmy throwing to the other team more than once or twice a game, I think that they can take anybody in the NFC. The only team right now that I think is leaps and bounds ahead of everybody else is probably Philadelphia because of how strong they are on both sides of the line of scrimmage. But I saw a really interesting stat today that they are actually the worst team in the league at allowing rushing yards after contact. So that's something where if you're thinking about the 49ers, you're thinking about Debo Samuel, McCaffrey, even a guy like TDP. Uh, once you start getting into late January and February, like the 49ers have a style of football that can translate. So I think they're going to end up hosting that wild card game at home as the NFC West champions. And as we've seen, uh, you know, just in the past season, they can go into a Dallas, they can go into a green Bay and win a game. And there's not a team in the NFC that's contending right now, where I'd be concerned about the 49ers having to travel to and win a game in the playoffs against.
0: Yeah. And like Croc, correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, if, let's say the 49ers and, uh, just for argument's sake, I'll go, I'll go under and I'll say the 49ers because they've been kind of every week kind of hit and miss. Something happening here. Injury bug could still hit them the second half of the season. But that would still mean they were over five hundred for the second half of the year uh with nine wins. You're in the playoffs as a wild card. If the 49ers are the the seven seed and they have to play against the Minnesota Vikings, who's the two seed, are you really even that worried about that matchup for the 49ers? So I I, I think the 49ers would be fine, just like they were last year going in as a wild card team into the playoffs. I think it was Dan
2: Orlovsky who I just saw kind of post something about that, and it was basically saying 49ers are the scariest team in the NFL. And when it comes to postseason, I think everybody's going to be scared of the 49ers because of the brand of football that they play. Any team that is like wants to ground and pound you to death and – play amazing defense and you got guys flying around and Fred Warner jumping over people to hit people. You got Nohu Funga jumping over people to intercept passes. I mean, this, this is not a fun team to play against. And I don't think anybody really wants to see the 49ers, especially in the postseason because their brand of football translates to that uh, time of the year so well. So uh, where the 49ers are the second seed, uh, 5th seed, 6th seed, seventh, whatever they are, they're going to be probably the scariest team. And I don't think anybody's going to, not in the NFC, I don't think any NFC team wants to play them. Kansas City Chiefs, they might say otherwise. <laughs>
0: right, yeah. And so, yeah, th- there's a couple of games, like the Chiefs, the way the Chiefs looked like they were in a different division. It's like, okay, well, where, you know, how, how far behind those top teams in the NFL are the 49ers right now? Uh, the way they played against Chicago's, the Monsoon, even if you throw that one out, week one, you know, extended preseason, the Broncos game, uh, the Falcons, like the Falcons we're predicting the Falcons to be drafted one or two in the NFL draft and and you know and they're doing a great job they're 4 and 4 now but um so you know the the league has a way of being really chaotic but I I tend to think man a healthy San Francisco 49ers team is a playoff team and nobody's going to want to face them in January Jordan brad we're out of time here we got to do this again because i could have gone for hours chatting with you guys there's so much to talk about with the san francisco 49ers and i just want to say hi and invite you guys on the show and it had such a good time hanging out with you guys uh, at the facility there when we were at training camp and had a lot of fun and appreciate the work and see the hustle you guys are putting in so uh jordan brad thank you guys so much for joining the show today
1: thank you for having me guys thank you so much it's
3: always a pleasure talking with you fellas
0: And, of course, Croc and I will be back after the bye. There's no game to cover this week, but we'll be back chatting about what we saw from Week 9 and looking ahead to Week 10 for those San Francisco 49ers. Talk to you then right here, Locked On 49ers.